0: Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac,
1: and I'm your other host, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch.
0: Whoa! A fish. Look at the, a fish. Look, at, look at the confidence. I am. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Blown away. Yep. Today we are going to tie back to episode number 178, sharing the spotlight, which featured Sharif Jackson of Rivals of Waterdeep. And that led Rorik and I to create the Amnastics number 147, Blinded by the Light.
1: Oh no, he's been singing it so many times, y'all. Yes. So many.
0: It's wonderful, and I don't apologize if it is now stuck in your head as well.
1: What do they call those songs? Like those earworm tunes? Is that what it is? Yes. Oh boy, it's one of
0: those. Thankfully, it's also a song that is seven minutes long Yay, in good. its original form <laughs> to ensure... That it gets all the way in.
1: That's okay. You can only remember that one part over and over.
0: And yep. Again. That's it. So There's no other lyrics. Okay.
1: All right, so the setup for this week's episode, we wanted to basically create a scenario uh, where y'all could shine light on specific characters and the players that create them. So we started with a scenario, which is a dungeon chamber deep within an ancient building rumored to be a tomb. As the party enters, torches magically flare to life, revealing a dais in the center of the room and three other passages out of it. So we gave you that real general scenario, uh, and then we introduced four players you might find at a table and who they are playing. Uh, And then we gave you all the opportunity to basically build encounters in this dungeon or change this scenario around to appeal directly to one of those four players. So who did you end up picking, Neil?
0: So as DMs are wont to do, I don't think anyone that posted on the forums was like, I will just focus on one character. No, no. Basically, every post said, I would love to highlight each and every character instead.
1: Which is awesome. Y'all are just the best.
0: Agreed. So, DM Finico. So, he went ahead and placed a locked tome on the dais, which led Mitch or Clive To be able to go and pick that lock because you could also use the knock spell. So now you have potentially either of those characters have something they can be directly involved with. And from there, each hallway that goes out of this room is also enchanted. Basically, whenever someone were to enter that hallway, they would find themselves back in the original room. So pretty classic. Mm -hmm. And... As the incantation starts to be read, the doorways will open and specters will roll forth, which, as you can well imagine, that means that there are things to hit. And our barbarian friend is quite pleased. Yay. (laughs) So from there, basically, and I wanted to highlight this one because it's a very homebrew at your table kind of mechanic. But they have a cumulative DC 50 arcana check to basically get through the incantation. Oh, that's cool. So, the better you roll, the faster you complete it. Ah. so you could you mean, even a low roll. i'm I mean, i don't I'm not sure what I would do in a critical fail scenario, but even a low roll gets you closer to your goal, but now it's taking much longer. Mm-hmm. So that basically, The team then has to pool their resources and separate them in the right way to have people reading the incantation while also fighting the specters. Ah, that's super
1: cool. I love the idea. Yeah, cumulative checks. Like the whole party has to get involved in the like multi-tiered combat when there's always something to do and to fight at the same time. I I absolutely love that stuff.
0: Yeah, which is a great way to... Share spotlight when you're in a scenario that you feel like one of your players is less battle capable, then you're presenting something that still is very important Mm -hmm. because now the less time you're in the battle, the better the people can be. So now that person has a very vital role in trying to be successful.
1: Yeah. Love it.
0: Boom. Which one did you want to highlight?
1: Yes. So I wanted to highlight the post from DM Just JustJersh. Uh, that is how it's spelled. I, yep. I'm not. I'm not just saying it like that. Uh, but he also, of course, went above and beyond and gave a chamber. So if the party got split. Josh went ahead and designed sort of rooms that would be tailored to each of the party members. Uh, So starting off, he designed one for Liz. And Liz, in our example, is she plays a barbarian. uh, So she loves to hit stuff, but her favorite thing is engaging in like witty banter and like deception and back and forth repartee. But often she just ends up hitting things in combat just because, you know, (laughs) tried and true. Um, So for Liz's chamber, Josh went ahead and set up this illusory trap where essentially there is this illusion of a wizard in the center of the room. And right immediately when the party comes in, uh, starts attacking them. And the thing is, whenever you hit this illusion, it splits and becomes another version of the illusion and the only way to actually defeat the illusion or to get around this trap is to engage in conversation with it and to pay it compliments uh so when you compliment it or say nice things to it um these these images will start to decrease until it'll go away uh so basically it's just like you know that that impulse to go in there and to whack it is absolutely the wrong thing to do but it it appeals to that nature of like figuring out conversation or, like, a social way to get around this trap, uh, which I thought was just a really cool idea.
0: That's so good. Poor Liz.
1: (laughs) Poor poor Liz walking in here, like, chopping at this thing, like, why won't you die? Uh, And then you have to, yep. So insults also count as, like, hostile action, uh, so it'll keep splitting the illusion, but... Uh.
0: Because the tongue can be just as sharp as the sword.
1: Indeed. Uh, Ah. So I thought that was a really cool uh, idea from Josh. And then uh, for Clive and Mitch, uh, so in our scenario, Clive and Mitch are uh, two guys who their characters end up working together a lot, like as players too, like Mitch is always taking leads from Clive. Uh, So for this encounter, Josh set up a room where basically there is like so much loud music in the chamber that you cannot hear each other. Uh, so you are not able to communicate with each other whatsoever while, while you're in this chamber. And basically, there's like this floating platform at the top of the room. So they have to figure out how to work with each other without actually verbally speaking.
0: That's so with good. With each
1: other. Yeah. So I was like, this is just so cool. Um, And like, what a way to like play with, you know, how, how your party members interact with each other at the table. Yeah. Um, and then the final one, which is probably my personal favorite, because this scenario has happened to me a lot. Um, in our in our little scenario, uh, Dana, who plays the druid of the party, she is one of those people who loves wild shaping and is always trying to convince the party that she should be able to turn into this animal, even if she's never seen it before or like, yep. you know, it's too...
0: I went to the zoo one time. Uh, I
1: went to the zoo, so I should be a zebra. Like, this has happened to all of us. <laughs> I I have had datas at my table <laughs> since the beginning of time. Uh, and so in this chamber, this chamber is filled with something totally wild like one of these yes. wild like animals from something so that the example Josh gives is maybe it's all the flying monkeys from wizard of oz um so the oh, chamber so good. is full of flying monkeys and one of them has a key right so now that dana has seen the flying monkeys she yep. gets to turn into one and then get up there and try to get the key from the rest of the monkeys oh
0: that's so
1: good i know i was like Josh just totally killed it on this post yeah. um <laughs> Like all of these scenarios are super great and just paying a lot of attention to each of these people individually. So super well done, DM Jers.
0: Well done indeed. Yeah. But with those highlighted, it's time for us to lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights.
1: So we've got our four players. We've got Liz, the berserker, Clive, the wizard, Dana, the druid, and Mitch, the rogue slash sorcerer.
0: Named Bob Named
1: Bob Ross. (laughs) Did you have any ideas that, like, jumped out at you immediately?
0: It is a... It, it's tough on twofold because you you have such a well, and I want to shout out Rorik right now because he set up these people and these kind of their personalities. Oh, they're so, so I don't real. know if he pulled from yeah. his person. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he pulled from his personal group because I know he runs several groups of his own, but it's so much fun. I think that's why it's hard to like figure it out yeah. and because the forum users did so well I already. <laughs> it feels weird. Okay. Now that said, I think figuring out. Because my thing with Dana was 100% the same. Yeah. Figure out something to give her that is – because now you're giving her what she wants on your own terms. Mm-hmm. And, and so it works for both people. You as the DM and Dana the Druid. Um, I think figuring out something really small. I think would be fun because I think most druid players don't go that direction Mm -hmm. uh, normally. I want something larger. I want something more combat heavy. But I think putting a scenario and leaving the clues that maybe Dana turning into a rat. Oh, yeah is a helpful solution and now only you can only Dana can travel through this small passageway as a rat to get to the other side of something. So I think that'd be my go to in that scenario.
1: Oh man, that made me think of I don't know why. Maybe this is too convoluted, but go with me here. Um, So I was at Gen Con this year doing a true dungeon, and there was this puzzle thing where basically the whole party had to be on, like, different sides of this table and had to manipulate this board at the same time to be able to, like, navigate a ball through a maze sort of thing. So Uh, what if there was, like, a... It's like a mini labyrinth or dungeon or something in this room. It's like the size of a dollhouse. And so like the Druid has to go inside and like navigate through these certain tunnels while the party on the outside is making sure like there aren't like dangers or like putting her like one in one of those like pinball machine things where the ball is like rolling around and she has to like get to a goal and the party has to at the same time not get her crushed. Yeah. That would be wild.
0: <laughs> okay let let's play off of it. How do each of the other characters fit into the new scenario that we've created? Yeah. Now, ma- <gasps> okay. So using the original room as the concept, yes. so we have the dais. Yes. They figure out that there's basically a mouse trap style maze inside of it. Yes. That Dana, as a mouse, has to get through, but I the other this. party members need to be involved to get her there.
1: Okay. All right. So we have Liz, the berserker, who's great at hitting things. So, let's see. There's got to be, like, some kind of physical, like, mechanism, I think, to do with this. That she's going to have to make, like, reoccurring athletics checks or something to, like, make sure.
0: So, my thought with that would be something that needs to be turned or held open. Yeah. The other would be, and I don't I don't actually like this one, but I have to say it so that I don't have to think about it anymore. Is that she just hits something and then, then the druid as a mouse flies really far. And that's really funny to me, but I don't really think that should be implemented. <laughs> uh,
1: like hammer on the gong? Sort of like, yeah. woo! Um, it's like a,
0: little, like a little mouse catapult.
1: That's amazing. Um, yes. Yeah, so maybe like turning the crank raises or lowers this puzzle like out of the center oh, of yeah. the dais here. So she has to make constant checks to maintain like, so it doesn't like drop or raise, uh, which would totally like affect... The mouse inside of this, this maze.
0: Yeah, and I, then so one of the things about Clive is that they are meticulous in in the exact spells that they prepare. I and, and I don't know how much each person can view the character sheets of their players. That that you know that's a that's a personal thing. You got to know that about you and your players. But if you knew which spells that they had, if you have D and
1: beyond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the real convenience of D&D beyond you could basically figure out some of the things they typically prepare mm-hmm. and have certain aspects of this be there for them. oh
1: man yeah cuz it can be so rewarding to like reward spells like water breathing for example or like dark vision the spells that never actually like or don't really come up except for when they come in they come in clutch uh so if you can reward any of those kind of spells that would be just absolutely phenomenal
0: And both. Both of those are perfect examples because dark vision, maybe we don't have a race for the Druid. So what if the race didn't have dark vision? Mm-hmm. And so they were granted it because now you're inside the dais and you can't see anything. Or what if there is a section that is underwater? And so now you've given water breathing. Yeah. The other aspect I thought for Clive is that they are very intelligent and maybe shifting things through strength from Liz Clive can help with their character because they're intelligent. Okay, so you need to lift now. Mm -hmm. And maybe giving advantage to Liz because Clive knows exactly when to complete the feat of strength.
1: Yeah, checking out timing and like solving the puzzle. Yes.
0: Okay, that leaves us with Mitch. Mitch! The rogue sorcerer, (laughs) a.k.a. Bob 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 Ross.
1: Ross. Quirky has a fun vision for his character, but he is awkward and tends to tell jokes that fall flat and kind of gets lost in the background sometimes. So we need to definitely give something that shines for Mitch.
0: So and this is this is a v- extremely personal thing that I don't know that would work for everyone else. I would try I mean, I would probably try and set up jokes for <laughs> Mitch, on occasion, I, I'm just, I'm just being honest. That I know that's who I am. I know that's where I would go with it. I would honestly try and set up the "There's no mistakes. There's only happy accidents." Yeah, <laughs> line for him to deliver because that would be that would make my heart mm-hmm. so full to help Mitch get a joke that lands well. So may, mainly, someone would make a mistake and hopefully i could get a no there's no mistakes there's only happy accidents and then involve the character that way
1: yeah or there yeah there'd be super cool somehow to incorporate like there has to be like a drawing element to this like maybe the box changes like what it looks like on the inside the the terrain based on what is like done on a tablet or like canvas oh yeah yeah uh, so if he's drawing happy little trees like that's what the inside of this this nightmare box looks like. Or yes. like oh man. Or like there's like a magic paintbrush or something, like where they can like create obstacles or like banish obstacles based on like creativity and artistic thinking.
0: Then that also, okay, I am changing the entire story. Yes. <laughs> this entire time Dana has been a squirrel, not a mouse. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, As I know, and I will share with you if you don't know, which is much more accurate, Bob Ross used to basically foster and care for stray squirrels, nurse them back to help, and then set them free again.
1: What a precious angel, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: So wonderful. Uh, So we
1: just created a Bob Ross perfect scenario. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Dungeon is what we did here.
0: Done and done. Heck yeah. I I mean, but- I don't even know where to go from here other than. T- so if you wanted to reach out to us and tell us how much you loved our Bob Ross scenario <laughs> and how you put your own in your game, you can always head over to Twitter where we're there at DMnastics. And there you can find my Twitter handle at maniac, Jack of all trades, Master of none, IAC. And of course, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at C
0: Perfect. And we just wanted to let you know, as always, you if you want to support us more, you can head over to our Patreon. Honestly, go to Patreon, type in Dungeon Masters Block, you will find us. And at the $5 tier, basically you have input on everything we do because that makes it fun for everyone. <laughs> Welcome and, to the gym. <laughs> yep. And from there, we also have homebrew content that we put out every other week. And then you Check out the other tiers and see if those are something you're interested in. But rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head over to Taking Your Supplements. Boom. Guess what?
1: Guess what?
0: (laughs) It's time for some shameless plugging. Shameless
1: plug. Let's do it again. Okay.
0: So here's the fun (laughs) thing about this though. Yes. I don't know much about what I'm going to ask about. So this is really just me wanting to know more. And then you also learning when I ask this question. Celeste, a new book with your name in it, on it, or something to that effect has been released. What is it? And why should I go buy it?
1: Yes. So I was one of the writers uh, from a really great team uh, that came together and put out Morty Corgi's Scroll of Mysteries is what it's called. And what this is, this is uh, basically an expansion that's full of just player options, character options uh, for your game set in Pugmire. Now, for those of you who don't know what Pugmire is, it is basically a D&D adjacent setting. Uh, so it's a lot of the similar uh, vibe you get from playing Dungeons & Dragons, except that all of your characters are dogs or cats. Um, so Pugmire, the world of Pugmire is inhabited by different dogs, which are, you know, so all the different breeds of dogs are represented. Uh, there are classes that are specific to dogs. Uh, there are spellcasters. There are mate, like... A lot of the stuff you find in D&D is in this game, uh, except reflavored with all of this really cool lore, like set in the world where basically man has died. They have like passed from this age and dogs have risen up and become hyper intelligent beings uh, that function like people. Um, So Morty Corgi's Scroll of Mysteries, which I worked on, uh, which was a project led by Travis Leggy, who does a ton of great stuff through Onyx Path Publishing. Yeah, and a ton of other super, super talented folks. This book is full of new spells, options, uh, just a ton of stuff, new monsters uh, to encounter in your Pugmire game. So you can head over to the Dungeon Masters Guild or drive through RPG, check out Morty Corgi's Scroll of Mysteries, and find some really, really cool, fun options uh, for your Pugmire campaigns.
0: Yeah, definitely go. And if if it didn't come across, this is a world of anthropomorphic dogs yes. and, yeah. and so it's, i mean yes you can we'll run on
1: four legs you can run on two but they are the, they they have hands yes um, <laughs> yeah so
0: it, and it's definitely the kind of thing to go get and see what aspects of that you want in your own game if it if it inspires you to be running pugmire start running pugmire if it inspires you to add certain things back into your DD game that's what you should be doing as well, because you could start introducing races and breeds and everything like that into the game you currently have. It could be that you stumble into a world that has you—they, or rather, not world. I mean, it could be world. Man, D&D. Uh <laughs> That's the joy. It's like wild. every answer, every answer is right, and so you could maybe stumble into a land full of anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic. Mm, I don't like this world. <laughs> this world, or I hate you, cruel world, whatever. Go, buy it, learn it, love it. Yeah,
1: maybe there's a city that's full of evolved dogs and cats. You don't know. There are rules here now for that, and a bunch of cool monsters that you don't see in your regular d d books.
0: Boom. With that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listeners, to join up though on the forums, take part in these challenges, and exercises, as well as the other amazing conversations being had.
1: To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?
0: I gotta get a pump.
1: That's it. It's good. It hurts. I know it does. That's it. Get it.